Welcome into Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, the Phillies somehow salvage a series finale winner against the Arizona Diamondbacks behind some heroics from, yeah, the guy who hasn't done anything for the Phillies this year, Trey Turner, and some solid pitching from the bullpen. Whew, a sigh of relief and still some troubles to talk about. We'll break it all down on today's Locked On Phillies. Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I am Connor Thomas, your host, credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member, former collegiate and semi-pro baseball player myself. Uh, happy to be here with you as your host of Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And whew, it was a long, stressful day today at Citizens Bank Park. Let's jump right into it because the game just concluded and it was something else. Now, first of all, Ranger Suarez took them out against Zach Gallon. And you're looking at and you look at that pitching matchup and you say, normally a good matchup with the circumstances where Ranger Suarez is making his third start of the year and he hasn't been good yet this year. And Zach Gallon looks like the best pitcher in baseball, certainly the best pitcher in the National League right now. Well, that makes it a little bit different. That's a huge advantage to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And it went like that early. Uh, the differences in starts, well, Ranger Suarez struggled mightily in his third start of the year. He ended up, the line he posted was five innings pitched, five hits, five runs, all earned, one walk, only five Ks. I mean, all five of those runs were given up in the first three innings. He gave up one in the top of the first. He gave up four in the top of the third. And just like that, three innings in, the Phillies are down 5 nothing. Now, the Phillies got hits in this game. I mean, they ended up, I believe, with a total of 11 hits uh, when everything was all said and done. Let me go ahead and Check out the box where, yeah, 11 hits for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, but they couldn't uh, score against Zach Gallon. They couldn't find their way across, even though Gallon wasn't all that sharp. So first five innings for Gallon, absolutely scoreless. It's the sixth inning. The Phillies are down 5 nothing. You say, how the heck do they get back into this ball game? Trey Turner's look awful more on him later, uh, but they look absolutely terrible. And then uh, in the bottom of the sixth inning, the Philadelphia Phillies finally break across. They start with an Alec Bohm single to center field. Uh, the scores Bryce Harper moves Cody Clemens up to third. Alec Bohm moved up to second on a throwing error um, by Fletcher out there in center. And then Brandon Marsh singled the left, scored Cody Clemens, scored Alec Bohm five to three. Okay, cool. You got a little bit of momentum. You're within striking distance now. And then the Phillies offense just went anemic. Uh, they didn't score in the seventh. They didn't score in the eighth including an at-bat by Trey Turner that was just terrible. You, I don't know if you've ever seen the Javier Baez video of him swinging at a ball that was like not even in the same zip code as him, but like bounced and was way outside. Trey Turner had one of those moments today uh, in the seventh inning of this one. He looked awful, 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 awful. And I had a locked-on Phillies now recorded where I was saying, how Trey Turner's terrible. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's as bad as he's ever been in his career. There's no way to, like, I don't know how to pull him out of this. I don't know what he has to do differently. He just mentally doesn't seem to be there right now, and the team stinks, and this, that, and the other thing, and the starting pitching. And then the ninth inning rolls around, and I had to delete all of that. Because in the top of the ninth, the Phillies worked through. Real quick before we get to the offensive heroics, I do want to talk about the bullpen. So Ranger Suarez gives up five hits, five runs, five earned in five innings pitch. So you get to the sixth inning, and you say, okay, it's on to the bullpen. 
When Jeff Hoffman comes out, he walks three guys, uh, only strikes out one. He only goes one-third of an inning. He wasn't good. But Andrew Vasquez comes in and works a full inning of work, or what would end up being a full inning of work, works out of a jam, only allows one hit, and that was in the seventh inning. He goes ahead and gets out of the jam. Connor Brogdon, an inning and two-thirds of no hit, no run, no earned run, three walks, but three strikeouts. Baseball, Junior Marte, the top of the ninth, goes out there and pitches a scoreless, perfect top of the ninth, one full inning, no hits, no walks, nothing, no Ks, nothing on the stat sheet besides one good clean inning of work. So great work by the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen to open up the opportunity. And then in the bottom of the ninth, with two outs, the Philadelphia Phillies, the tying run at the plate, and unfortunately for the Philadelphia Phillies, it seemed that tying run was Trey Turner, who couldn't hit the broadside of a bar, much less a baseball coming in at 90-plus miles an hour. And what does he do? He turns around and parks one to left field. Absolute nuke. Gets out of there in a hurry. Ties the ball game up at five. Forces extra innings for the Fightins. Uh, Trey Turner needed that in the worst way. It was such a... And he didn't want to smile. His expression was stone cold as he was rounding third base. You just hit the biggest home run of your year so far. Your biggest hit in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform to this point. And you look like you just had like a bad day at work. And I guess he did still have a bad day at work. And in that athletic article I talked about in yesterday's episode, he's notoriously hard on himself. So this doesn't absolve him in his mind of all the struggles he's had today and this year to this point. He's going to need to hit a lot more of those before he starts feeling good about his performance. This is not me saying that. This is what I imagine he's feeling. But, man, it's hard not to smile being an observer of Trey Turner battling through and making a huge swing and a huge moment for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, it only matters if you go ahead and capitalize on it, right? And in the 10th inning, you're looking at a situation where you start with a runner on second, Craig Kimbrell goes out there, and he just absolutely dominates. It takes a while because there are some issues with Junior Valentin, the home plate umpire, who should have called a pitch count or a pitch clock violation on the batter for the Diamondbacks, and then he's got to talk to his crew and argue back and forth with both dugouts, and then he calls one on Kimbrell. This was a terribly umpired game. It was absolutely awful, but Kimbrell fights through. Kimbrell's closing line was one inning pitched, no hits, no runs, no earn, no walks. One strikeout gets out of the 10th without letting the runner on second score, which is a remarkable job by Craig Kibrell. And then the Philadelphia Phillies come up. Now, it was supposed to be uh, Nick Castellanos at second base to start off because he had made the final out of the uh, bottom of the ninth. But instead, the Phillies decide that they're going to pinch run Dalton Guthrie. You can play the outfield. Cool. Makes sense. So they pinch run Dalton Guthrie. Kyle Schwarber comes up. They intentionally put him on. I don't know why, because Kyle Schwarber has been terrible this year average-wise, but they intentionally put Kyle Schwarber on to get to Cody Clements. Cody Clements comes up, and he walks. So all of a sudden, Alec Bohm comes to the plate. And Alec Bohm has an opportunity with the bases loaded and no outs. All he has to do is hit a deep fly ball. Oh, and he hit one. I thought he had a chance to put it out of there. One hopped the wall, and in normal circumstances, it's probably a fly ball that the right fielders camped under, but he was playing in to try and cut off the run at home. Even if he had caught it, it doesn't matter, and Alec Bohm ends up hitting one off the wall, a one-hopper to end the game and send the Philadelphia Phillies home happy, heading down to Atlanta. I guess not send him home, send him on the road happy, but what a big win. And I can't say enough about how Trey Turner battled through today to have that big moment and how the Philadelphia Phillies fought through. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about last year and a similar type of game, eh, kind of. The last time the Philadelphia Phillies did this, 
which is something they did today. Prior to, we'll talk about the last time they did it. And we'll also talk about a series coming up with the Atlanta Braves as the Phillies head into their NL East meet of their schedule this summer. Uh, the Phillies take on the Braves tomorrow night, 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can hear every pitch of that game on the uh, Sirius XM app. Uh, the Phillies hometown radio broadcast, the entire broadcast is on there. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. And we'll talk about that coming up next, but also something that might be a momentum builder for the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll discuss as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. And I want to talk to you a little bit about saving money, okay? Rocket money. Have you heard of it? If not, you need to. It's absolutely awesome, Okay. Listen to this. Have you heard this before? How many times did you read this? Oh, try it for free for 30 days. Just enough time to try it and then completely forget about whatever subscription service or app or whatever that is. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. I know I definitely have some floating out there. And you could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. You know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, and even that sounds expensive, right? But the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rising prices might be stressing you out. So if you're looking for ways to cut costs, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel. And Rocket Money will cancel it for you. You don't even have to go through the trouble. It's that easy. It also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget and everything. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel on one subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Again, rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. All right, let's jump into, well, the momentum change. So how can a game like this change momentum for the Philadelphia Phillies? We know big series coming up with the Atlanta Braves game one tomorrow night, Thursday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a four-game series, so no off day this week for the Philadelphia Phillies. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast for their matchup with the Braves tomorrow night, 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. It'll pull that up for you. But the Phillies need momentum, and they've won three of their last six ball games. So playing 500 baseball over their last six right now, not as good when you look at their last 10, but we're just looking at the recent ones. These past two series took two or three from Chicago, took one or three from Arizona, which means, yet yeah, that even 500 ball the last six games. They haven't played that well. So to get out of these last couple games playing 500 ball is lucky. I mean, credit to them for fighting through it, but luck had part of it to do with it today. And they need luck because they've been unlucky at points this year and they've been bad in other points and the Philadelphia Phillies could really use a momentum shift. So today, the Philadelphia Phillies came back from down five runs for the first time since June of last year. I believe June 22nd was the graphic that NBC Sports Philadelphia showed after the Alec Bowen walk-off. I don't know if you remember what that game is, but if you don't, don't worry. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you the opponent and see if you can remember exactly what game it was. The opponent, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yes, of course, it was that game where Bryce Harper hit the huge grand slam 
uh, early in, uh, I think it was the seventh or eighth inning, to tie up the ball game or to give the Phillies a one-run lead. I forget exactly what it was. And then the Angels might have come back. And then Bryson Stott hits the walk-off. The NBC Sports Philadelphia broadcast was showing uh, the little kid who was like praying to the heavens that the Phillies would find a way to win the game. He would end up being in the booth later on in the season, which would be a, a cool moment. And the Phillies, I think, the inning he was in the booth scored like seven. So that kid's still out there somewhere with his baseball black magic trying to figure out how to make the Phillies win the World Series this year. But the point is, that was during a stretch where the Philadelphia Phillies were on a long winning streak. Rob Thompson had just taken over. They really needed the momentum to shift. And having big comebacks like this can be a momentum starter. Now, the Phillies had already been rolling last year when they hit that game against the Angels where they needed those two monster home runs from Harper and Stott. But the point is, it's interesting to see that the last time the Philadelphia Phillies did this was when their last season turned around. Just a nice juxtaposition that reminds you. And that was a month further on in the season. I mean, that was on the 22nd of June, if my timing's correct, if what I read was correct. This is the 24th of May. There's still plenty of time to work it out. We're not even to Memorial Day yet, guys. It's not panic time for the Phillies. It's, okay, they better work, work something out time. But uh, still, build some momentum. Fly down to Atlanta feeling really, really good about yourselves right now. And uh, look at a situation where you could take a big advantage of an NLE series or a couple NLE series. We're going to start right now by just previewing that game against the Atlanta Braves. They have an undecided mark in their pitching column right now. The Braves do for the opener. We know Aaron Nola is going to go for the Phillies though. And he is four and three with a four, three, one ERA, a one Oh seven whip. The whip looks great. The ERA doesn't look great. He hasn't been allowing a lot of base runners, but yeah, the eight home runs is not a good mark for him. 13 walks is not terrible. 53 Ks is pretty good in 62 and two-thirds innings pitch. He was better last year at strikeout numbers, but he still got it a little bit. Nola's figuring it out. So Nola will be a huge part of tomorrow night's contest. The starting pitching needs to be better because, frankly, it wasn't good today, and it wasn't good yesterday, and it wasn't good the day before. I mean, the Phillies need one of those dominant starts, and Aaron Nola is a guy that's good enough to be kind of your stopper, right? Well, he's in that position now. Stop the not that you're stopping the skid and you're ending a series because the Phillies just got that uh, by Trey Turner, not any pitcher, but really by uh, Trey Turner's heroics and some good work by the Phillies in the seventh inning as well. Alec Bohm deserves a lot of credit, but now you're looking at a situation where you need to say, okay, we have some momentum. You can't immediately just lose to the Braves in game one and give it all back and then be fighting backs against the wall. Like you want to build momentum and they got a good opportunity to do it. Now, looking at some of the uh, leaders. For both these sides, Kyle Schwarber has 12 home runs so far. Matt Olson for the Braves has 13. And he still hits for a lot of power. We know that. He's only batting 233, but Schwarber's only batting 173. Uh, a couple of good power hitters there. Nick Castellanos batting 296 to lead the Phillies in average. We'll talk about the Braves' average leader in a second. And Alec Bohm has 35 RBI. Sean Murphy, uh, the Braves' new catcher, they went and got this offseason from Oakland. He has 36 RBI. So comparable there. Here's the big difference. Ronald Acuna Jr. is batting 337 compared to Nick Castellanos 296. Acuna, if the season ended right now, would be the runaway NL MVP. The guy's absolutely unbelievable. He's been on a hot tear recently. His numbers are insane. He's slashing 337, 427, 588. He's got 11 home runs already. He's got 27 RBIs. Uh, he's got a 1.015 OPS, which is fourth in the majors. I mean, the guy's absolutely unbelievable. He's been good at home. He's been good on the road. He's been good against lefties. He's been good against righties. He's not good defensively, but 
outside of his defense, he's basically been the perfect baseball player this year for the Atlanta Braves. And that's the guy that you got to watch out for if you're the Philadelphia Phillies and you're Aaron Nola. Now, it's a super talented roster. The Braves are currently 29 and 19. The Phillies are only 23 and 26. So, yeah, you're overmatched in this one. And the ESPN analytics uh, give the Braves a 61.5% chance to win this game as opposed to the Phillies' 38.5% chance. And that's without a pitcher being named for Atlanta. So that shows distinct advantage in the Braves lineup and how they're playing right now. But, hey, momentum, the Phillies have it after this win. Maybe they turn that into something and build a little bit against the Atlanta Braves and uh, get an opportunity. Again, uh, the Phillies take on the Braves 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow night. You can hear every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast on the Sirius XM app. Just go ahead and check out the SXM app and search Phillies, and it'll pull that all up. Now, coming up as we wrap up, we're going to discuss a little bit about the Phillies' NLE schedule and expectations for where they're at right now. I always go through the expectations at road trips and things like that. Well, this is a big one. So we'll break down exactly what we're looking for and what we should be not just hoping for, but expecting from the Philadelphia Phillies over the next couple of games. We'll discuss that as we wrap up Lock on Phillies. Uh, first, let me tell you about my friends over at Bird Dogs, though. Bird Dogs is absolutely incredible. I, I love their uh, their wear. I love their shorts and everything. I can't say enough good things. I think I just wore the same pair of bird dog shorts for the last three days straight. I got another pair in the dryer right now. As soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to go get it out. Why do I love bird dogs so much? Well, first of all, they fit perfectly. You can get them with the lining in there. And when you get them with the lining, there are some shorts, some competitor shorts, that the lining, it's like, oh, they're super compressed. And they don't give you a lot of room where you need some room, okay? Uh, if it was a pitch, and like a baseball pitch, and the competitor shorts were out there, uh, they would be high and tight. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. Bird dogs, you got the lining so it keeps you comfortable, but it's not too tight. It's still breathable. It feels great. The fabric is high quality. Like the stuff feels amazing. Very comfortable, comfortable, comfortable to wear. Looks great. But you don't feel it's the perfect combination between casual and like stuffy. You don't feel like you're wearing cargo shorts, but you also don't feel like you're wearing like the super tight compression shorts either. It's perfect. I can't talk enough about the fit and the fabric, but also the style. I mean, you look great wearing bird dogs. I have so many people that have complimented me. I've been wearing them for like a week and I, I tell all my buddies all like, hey, yo, you got to check these out. Bird dogs. You got to get a pair. If you haven't tried them, try them out. They're like, hey, they do look good. Uh, you can get them different inseam lengths. I like the shorter ones. I get the six-inch inseam, show off the legs a little bit. My legs look great in them. Bird dogs are absolutely amazing. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler. And if you're watching on YouTube, zoom in on them back there. That's mine right back there. They came with my order. Uh, again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So go ahead and check that out and your legs and the ladies in your life and everybody around you will say, man, where'd you get those bird dogs? Trust me, go get a pair. All right, let's wrap up with a look at the Phillies upcoming schedule. So it starts to get a little bit dicey here for the Phillies if they're not playing well. And they're not really right now a nice win today, but let's not let that cloud judgment. They're not playing well. They can use momentum to begin to play well, but they're still very much teetering between okay and bad. The Phils have four games against the Atlanta Braves, who currently lead the NL East 29-19 and 19 record. So four games against Atlanta on the road in Atlanta. That's going to be tough. It would be great to split that series. It would be incredible to win three of four, considering how the Phillies are playing. But the expectation split with Atlanta. 
Two wins out of four. Very doable. You can get that done. Then the Phillies round out the month and start the month of June with three games against the Mets. So they have two in May against the Mets, and then June 1st they'll play the Mets. Uh, They have those three in New York up there uh, at City Field. Two of three from the Mets. Ah, The Mets are playing really well right now. They just got over 500, but they're playing better baseball than the Phillies. Two of three is possible for sure. A reasonable expectation. I don't know. That one, I'd take one of three. I'd take two of three. I wouldn't be happy with one of three. But the expectation through the first, let's call it seven games of the road trip, you want to win three or four of those. Feel good about that. Three would be all right. One game below 500 in a tough stretch. Okay, you show you can hang. One game above that, you show not only can you hang, you can play with these teams for sure. And then you get a bit of a reprieve, but it's still a divisional series. You go down to Washington, you face the Nationals for three more after you get done at City Field. So the next 10 games are all NL East opponents, all on the road. It's a tough 10-game road trip. The Nationals aren't good. They're 20 and 28. But still, an opportunity for the Phils to – the expectation there is two of three. A sweep would not be out of the question. So let's see. Two or three from the Nationals. One of three from the Mets, we'll just call it. So that three of six split with the Braves, and that would be five and five. So the math, even on the conservative estimate, 500 needs to be what happens for the Philadelphia Phillies. They need to go at least 500 on this trip. Now, if they get hot and they go above 500, you won't hear me complain. Not one bit, but 500 is the expectation in these next 10 games for the Philadelphia Phillies to show they can compete in the NL East and to show they're starting to pull out of this little slump they're in. So there you have it. Uh, That's my expectation for the Philadelphia Phillies over the next 10 games, a fun walk off today, a little bit of momentum maybe to be built, and finally a fun episode of Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, If you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube. Go ahead and check us out on YouTube and uh, hit that subscribe button. Really appreciate you doing that. Very kind of you who's already done that. And if you haven't, it gives you notifications on when new episodes are posted and stuff like that. Best way to consume Locked On Phillies is by subscribing on YouTube and following us that way. So go ahead and do that if you haven't yet. And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.